Welcome to Dialed In, a podcast by Callbox, where we talk with dental industry leaders and influencers about the latest trends, technologies, themes, and best practices in the business of dentistry. Be sure to subscribe directly or on your favorite podcast app and visit callbox.com slash dental to learn more about Callbox's innovative solutions for leveraging the phone at your practice. Hello, and welcome to Dialed In, a podcast by Callbox. My name is Corey Johnson, and my guest today is Callbox's very own Zach Newman, our Chief AI Officer. Thanks for joining us, Zach. Yeah, good to be here. Did I get your title right? Uh, I don't really have a title, so... Me neither. That works. Well, thanks for joining us. You've got a, uh, an interesting role here at Callbox. Um, can you tell me more about what you oversee and... and what, what happens in your world? Yeah, so I, I work on uh, integrating machine learning and AI into our platform, uh, kind of with two primary goals. So one is improving the speed and efficiency of what Callbox provides for our users, and uh, the other is to improve accuracy. So to have a mechanism that we can use to uh, run quality control on our uh, call reviewers and just improve the overall robustness of data that we deliver. Very good. Um, so, so am I hearing you right that Callbox uses AI to enhance the product that we have already been offering our clients? Yeah. So the idea is that we already know what's important to our users in terms of their phone calls. So we use AI to help with the scale at which we're delivering that data. So in order for, you know, a missed opportunity alert to become actionable, uh, clients need to know about those opportunities soon after the call ends. And so by using machine learning, we can optimize our our review process and and get them the data faster. Okay. All right. Um, You've used two terms. So how would you describe artificial intelligence um, and machine learning to someone who's never heard it before? Yeah, so machine learning is more or less a a branch of artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence is the umbrella over anything uh, that is related to using a, a computer to simulate an intellectual task. So you have your your different branches. That might be natural language processing, image recognition, machine learning. Um, So any instance where you're enabling a computer to make decisions. So that might be enabling a car to recognize a stop sign versus a yield sign or green light versus a red light. Um, Or in the, the world of call box, that's enabling a... Um, machine learning model to know the difference between a, a connected phone call and one that's not connected. Okay. Um, would, would you lump Spotify and their curated playlists into machine learning? Yeah, I, I think that's another good example. Um, in that instance, instead of, you know, Corey making the decision of what's going to be on his playlist, um, you're relying on you know, Spotify algorithms to learn from the types of songs you choose to play um, and based on that uh, curating playlist okay. specifically for you. 
Okay. So it's taking the data that we already have and leveraging that to make decisions moving forward. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Cool. So AI is becoming more and more prevalent in dentistry. Um, I was at the Henry Schein conference in Vegas over the weekend and the CEO of Pacific Dental spoke and, and gave us a teaser of uh, a new AI that they're beginning to roll out that they're using to aid their offices in presenting um, more custom and more specific treatments to their patients. I think they were looking at uh, leveraging their data set of what's been presented to patients, looking at what's been accepted, and then marrying or I guess running that against a bunch of different um, demographics with their patients to decide what's the, the best uh, treatment for this patient compared to what's commonly accepted with the type of person sitting across from me. Um, I thought that was pretty crazy and a really good use of, of that sort of data. What, what recent developments have you seen on, on the AI front specific to dental or, or the medical world where um, you think AI is being used in a positive way? Yeah, I, th I think a really interesting one is uh, X-ray and X-ray analysis. So, you know, we have, we have tons of x-rays that have been, where, where conditions have been diagnosed by a doctor or dentist or, you know, physician in uh, leveraging image recognition to correlate and predict outcomes based on x-rays. So you can do this, you know, on a much larger scale because you no longer need a trained professional who's gone through eight years of school to recognize and, and diagnose outcomes. Uh, and it's an opportunity to, to lower costs of, you know, just recognizing different conditions earlier on, um, making it more affordable for, you know, folks who might otherwise not be able to afford that type of x-ray to, to have a, you know, condition assessed. Interesting. Would that... From, from what you've seen, are you comfortable with replacing the doctor in those diagnoses? Yeah, so I think it works as a, a supplement. So in the same way that we're not looking to totally displace our human reviewers, you know, we can now in larger batches send, you know, x-rays through, a, you know, image analysis process and then have the, the physician step in when there are, you know, cases where maybe the line's a little blurry or if, you know, extreme treatment is called for based on the machine analysis, you know, certainly at that point it, it cues them in, you know, and focuses their attention where it's most needed. This is, this is getting into sort of the, the, the Terminator and, and uh, sentient being sort of side of this, but is do you think that there will come a time where you wouldn't need the the human element there? No, I, I forget where I heard it, but um, I think healthcare is an area where, you know, if we did get to that point where AI took over everything, I think it would be one of the last ones to be totally uh, displaced, you know, to, to, to totally take over the human element just because, the, the idea of bedside manner and, and the relational aspect for something as intimate as, you know, healthcare, um, that, that's something that's very difficult to, to replicate from a computer. So, 
any, you know, rote task, I think, can definitely be taken over by a computer, but the relational side of healthcare, uh, I think it'd be a while before that, you know, is outsourced to computers. You're, you're comfortable letting Amazon decide where my packages are shipped through a computer, but not whether or not my uh, broken arm is going to be mended appropriately. Yeah, exactly. You can decide if you need your arms amputated, but uh, leave the other decisions up to the I'm not, robots. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not ready for a computer to decide that for me yet. Yeah. How, uh, so how is AI being used in, in Callbox's solutions? You mentioned it a little bit earlier, but how does it make us more beneficial to our clients than where we were you know, before you got involved? Yeah, so it, again, it's not necessarily producing a, a ton of new insights, although we are, you know, using it to, to get a little more granular in the, the data that we provide. But it's, again, in two areas, the, the speed at which we can deliver, you know, insights and, and categorizations on our phone calls um, and the accuracy of that data. So. Historically, we've had humans reviewing the call and categorizing all the way down from, you know, did the patient connect with, uh, you know, someone who could help them book an appointment or answer their question, all the way down to, you know, was a firm appointment booked or a soft appointment booked. So those are the things we're still listening for, but we train uh, machine learning models based on you know, our millions of known outcomes, our millions of calls that, you know, are all labeled. Um, we train these models to recognize outcomes, and then we, we use these models alongside of our reviewers to take calls where, you know, the caller clearly connected with someone who could help answer their question. We can tell that there's a, you know, conversation underway. Now we can just immediately mark that call as connected versus having someone you know, take the time to man manually review it. Okay. So looking at all of the previous calls and defining specific characteristics in those types of calls, you're then able to train the machine to spot those trends? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, how does, I've seen this a lot, the idea of a, a call transcription being compared to AI or sort of leveraged in that in that world, how does a service that's transcribing these patient phone calls differ from the machine learning that you're running our calls through? Yeah, so, so someone who's just transcribing the call, they're just delivering the, the call's content in a different medium. So rather than listen to the call, you can, still, you can read the, the transcription of the call. But in, it's still on you to pull insights and draw insights like, you know, was an appointment booked or did the customer connect with who they were trying to reach? Um, transcriptions alone aren't going to pull those insights out of the call. It takes it another step and another layer of analysis in order to actually pull data and, and meaningful information from the phone call. You know, if you're relying just on transcriptions to figure out appointments are booked. You know, the example of customer isn't always, or a patient isn't always going to say, you know, I'm a new patient. Can I book an appointment? Um, they're not always going to be so direct about it. 
Okay. So the, the, the human element or even the characteristics that your machine is looking for um, is not as, uh, I guess, uh, single-railed as looking for specific words. It's the idea of the content, I guess, of the call that your machine is looking is, is searching for? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, let's say you want to you wanna pull insights from, you know, or data from how many new patient appointments you booked. So if you want to rely entirely on transcriptions to do that, you know, one approach might be to transcribe the call and, and look for the keywords new patient and appointment on every call. Well, you know, oftentimes people aren't that explicit when they're, they're booking an appointment. So you might not get any of those words while the call still is a new patient looking to book an appointment. They could use the, the phrasing like, I've never been to your practice before. I'd like to come in for a cleaning. You know, in that instance, you can still learn or take away from the call that it's a new patient booking an appointment, even though none of those keywords were uttered. So that's why, you know, relying solely on transcriptions uh, can fall short at times. Mm. So if we all spoke like computers, you'd be more comfortable using computer transcriptions and, and keyword detection? Yeah, exactly. If there was no nuance in communication, then you know, keyword search from a transcribed text would be sufficient. That makes sense. And that's, yeah, you see it in your voicemail memos that even just capturing the words because of the way that we talk is sometimes tricky. Yeah, exactly. That makes a lot of sense. That, uh, that might segue into what's the, uh, what's the most challenging part about working with, with AI. Yeah. So it's to, to do any, you know, to enable a computer to simulate an intellectual task, you need the ability to train it on previous outcomes um, or previous, you know, scenarios where you, where you know the outcome. So gathering and cleaning and organizing the data in a way that can be fed into a model for training is by far the biggest challenge, you know, that we work with uh, in AI. Could you imagine starting this project without the decades of call volume that, that Callbox had? Yeah, that's a big competitive advantage of ours is not only do we have so much data, you know, from the past to learn from, you know, on a, on a, on a given day, we have hundreds of thousands of phone calls that are being labeled by humans that we can feed back into our models for further improvement. That's interesting. Yeah, it's, it it makes you wonder where you'd start if you didn't have something to compare these calls to. Yeah, let's start from scratch. So you're you're constantly being asked to solve some of our our biggest challenges that our clients bring to us and that we see from from our offering. Can you talk about a? Do you have a specific solution that you're really proud of or that you're excited about? Yeah, I think our our speaker recognition um, features is pretty impressive stuff. So, you know, rather than a, hey, Siri or okay, Google voice validation functionality where it's just looking for, you know, one person's voice, you're speaking into the same microphone every time, 
we're taking, you know, a dental practice or, or a call center that might have 30 different agents, you know, all holding the phones different ways, not speaking consistently, um, and training voice recognition models to recognize each of the agent's voices, uh, not a specific phrase, just generally speaking how, how they sound on the phone. Um, and training that to then recognize their voice and assign phone calls to them simply based on how they sound on the phone. And and this isn't really anything, you know, others are working on in this type of open set capacity. Again, you have, you know, banks are, are using a lot of voice verification, but that's based on, you know, the utterance of this same validation phrase, but to do this type of what's called, you know, open set voice recognition um, has been a lot of fun to to work on. I I had never considered the complexity of dozens and hundreds of different phone receivers and the fact that you're you're having to manage across that uh, variable as well. That I hadn't thought about that. I um I've been with Callbox for seven years, and I remember one of the first tasks I had as a new employee was setting up a client in Queens, New York uh, for phone codes. The way that we used to assign calls was an agent at the end of a call would have to punch in a four-digit code. Um, so there was a lot of maintenance with that. Uh, staff members were constantly turning over and we had to constantly update those phone codes. Um, but then it was up to the agent at the end of the call to enter this code. And for whatever reason, um, this particular client um, their phone system didn't really allow for that code to be entered at the end of the call. And I had one particular uh, manager who called me weekly with frustrations around the, the lack of this phone code because it was really useful for their, uh, their, their CRM to, to have these calls assigned. Um, and I remember a few, I don't know, maybe six months ago when you rolled this out, um, they reached out about how excited they were to not have to use phone codes because they've been dealing with this for like six years. Um, so I, I totally agree that the voice recognition piece is, is super cool. Yeah. Um, what, so on, let's go to the other end of the spectrum. What's a, what's one thing that was a, uh, we can call it a flop or something that you found to be way more challenging than you thought it was going to be going into it. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's been a, a flop. You know, it's still something that we're making headway on, but uh, sentiment recognition is definitely a, a big undertaking uh, in the world of, you know, natural language processing and, and signal processing to figure out someone's emotion uh, based on what they're saying or how they're saying it. You know, it can vary from region to region. Um, you know, in the southeast, you might get someone who's a little more passive aggressive and you need to read more into the words where northeast, you know, it's a little more explicit in how they sound. But, you know, the use of an F-bomb doesn't necessarily mean that they're upset. Um, so capturing all the different dynamics of, you know, what people are saying and how they're saying it and how that translates to how they feel um, is definitely a, a big challenge and one that's proven to be, you know, have a lot of nuance to it. Are there other groups working on, other other companies even outside of the world of call tracking working on 
things like that? Yeah, there, there are, there's a lot of this. So, I mean, you see, you know, for restaurant reviews or, or movie reviews, people who are, are taking written text and analyzing it for sentiment. Uh, but that's a little different than, you know, phone calls because we're, we're taking audio. And, and again, it's a lot different when you write an, a, a review that's meant to be, you know, have a, a tinge of, pleasantry or, or anger to it based on how you feel about it. I mean, that's your specific goal is, is communicating a sentiment. Uh, but when you're analyzing human dialogue and conversation where, you know, expressing how they feel is a little more subtle, uh, that, that's a bit more challenging than some of the other sentiment analysis that's happening. Yeah, the, the, the regional um, variable you mentioned stands out, especially thinking back to my client in Queens, I, a, a good, a happy call from her sounded, uh, just as colorful as mm -hmm. the unhappy calls. So I see how that would be, how that would be tricky is the, let me ask about sort of the underlying goal there. So with, you know, parsing out the, the, the happy calls from the unhappy calls is, is useful, um, from sort of the, the review standpoint to the patient experience standpoint, um, how would, how would you use sentiment? How are you using sentiment detection to further drive callbacks? Yeah, so we're mostly setting up uh, potentially dissatisfied customer alerts. So these are alerts that, you know, managers could be set up for. And any time a customer, you know, we, we detect, detect frustration uh, on the part of a customer and a manager can be alerted. And this gives them an opportunity to, do two things. One, follow up with the customer to, you know, resolve any frustration that they had, but then two, uh, evaluate how their employees are handling those calls. And it's a coaching and training opportunity to, uh, you know, improve their, their customer experience. The, the, the one that jumps out to me is when a, a patient is, is sent over to a voicemail and the voicemail begins to play and you can hear the patient and the phone go, Ugh. Yeah. that would be a one that would be worthy of highlighting. So AI is, ha, has largely taken over the dental world. It's every product now has a, a tinge or an, a piece of AI into it. Um, what advice do you have for those in the dental industry who are uh, coming across this um, to help you know, better understand how it could be useful to their practice, but also, um, you know, kind of the flip side where, where it might be a, a hindrance. Yes, I think it's, you know, a matter of looking at, you know, what's going to improve our bottom line. So you want to look at those facets of your business that, you know, by improving it and optimizing it, you know, it's going to contribute to more booked appointments. And I'm obviously biased in this opinion, but, you know, managing phone calls well phone calls well is certainly an area where that's you know the case so anywhere where you're looking to apply ai you want to you know make sure that it's going to make the office more efficient in a way that's going to improve you know the bottom line so if it's just going to be a, a shiny object that you get to you know place in the corner of your reception room or corner of your office, then 
that that's not necessarily going to do anything to really drive value for your business. I, I the first thing that popped into my head was the uh, kind of the echo dot. Mm -hmm. um, it, it seems really cool and it can, it can tell you the weather and order you more paper towels. Um, the one in my house I use for nothing besides those two features. Is that sort of what you're thinking? Yeah. Yeah. So again, AI has such a buzzword, you know, attached to it. It is such a buzzword uh, these days. So you, you can see a, you know, a lot of, sexy features where all of a sudden your, you know, customer interactions are turned into a word cloud that can be spun around and, you know, zoomed in on and 3D and really impressive font. But at the end of the day, it is looking at that word cloud going to help you book more appointments and, and salvage more missed opportunities. I think that's where you really need to get into the, you know, nitty gritty of what's going to help me, you know, improve this business and improve our, our bottom line. Makes sense. Um, we'll wrap it up. What are, what are some of your goals for this year, both at, at Callbox and uh, outside of work? Yeah. And so I think at Callbox, uh, a big focus is continuing to, you know, improve our, our, speed and accuracy of our, our speed, our voice recognition or speaker recognition uh, functionality, functionality, which is something I, you know, alluded to earlier. So just continual refinement um, in, in making that enrollment process and, and ongoing prediction process is, you know, frictionless as possible. Um, so that'll be a big uh, professional focus. And then personally, so two things jumped to mind. One, uh, I, I really want to get good at germinating grass seed. I think that tons of money is wasted every year on people who throw grass seed on the ground and, and just watch it get picked up by birds or, or washed away by rain. So that's my odd, quirky uh, personal goal is to figure out how to germinate grass really well and grow it. Uh, and equally important or more important than that is I will be a father in August. So, uh, successfully, uh, getting through the, the newborn stage will, you know, also be taking up my time. Wow. Congrats. Yeah. I didn't, I don't, I didn't even know that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. The, um, it's funny how, how comparable that Mark, the, uh, your, your grass seed initiative is to a lot of the marketing managers and, and DSOs I'm talking with where they're, they're throwing, uh, money at, at marketing, kind of like you're throwing grass at the, at the earth and hoping it sticks, Yeah. but without a, a, a measurable way to make sure that's happening. Mm -hmm. They're, uh, <laughs> yeah. they're getting eaten by birds and washed away in the rain as well. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Well, thanks Zach. I, uh, I really appreciate you joining us today. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Callbox Dialed In. If you'd like to be kept in the loop on future episodes, subscribe directly or on your favorite podcast app. 
Callbox is a comprehensive tool used by more than 5,000 dental practices and DSOs to optimize phone handling processes, increase appointments, and improve caller experience by providing insight into every patient phone call. To learn more, visit us at callbox.com dental.